O Lord, how magnificent are your works! You have made all things in wisdom. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The reading is from the Acts of the Apostles. In those days, those apostles who were scattered because of the persecution that arose after Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to none except the Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number that believed turned to the Lord. News of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a large company was added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a large company of people. And in Antioch the disciples were for the first time called Christians. Now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. And this took place in the days of Claudius. And the disciples determined, everyone according to his ability, to send relief to the brethren who lived in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. With you, the reader. With our eyes, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Let us be attentive. At that time, Jesus came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and so Jesus, wearied as he was with his journey, sat down beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and, a well, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, 
and his sons and his cattle? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband, and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and he whom you now have is not your husband. This you said truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you say that Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, we worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such the Father seeks to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will show us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but none said, what, are you, what do you wish? Or, why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the city and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the, can this be the Christ? They went out of the city and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples besought him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him food? Jesus said to to, to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months, then then comes the harvest? I tell you, lift up your eyes and see how the fields are already white for harvest. He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of your words that we believe, for we have heard ourselves. And we know that this is indeed Christ the Savior of the
Christ is risen. Truly is risen. Most of us have heard someone say at some time that this or that place is a God-forsaken place. You've heard that phrase before, a God-forsaken place. For example, someone might say that a war zone is a God-forsaken place. It's a miserable place. It's a desolate place. It's a neglected place. But what is the most God-forsaken place you can think of? How about a communist prison camp under fierce persecution in the Soviet Union? Today I want to share with you a brief story about Father Arseny, a Russian Orthodox priest. Father Arseny spent the last years of his life and even died in a communist prison camp about 40 years ago in the former Soviet Union. Many consider Father Arseny to be a saint. There are two wonderful books about Father Arseny available in English containing stories of his life in prison. Often in in communist Russia, priests were called anti-communists. Why? Simply because many of them had different political views than the Communist Party. As a parish priest... Father Arseny was convicted for anti-communist propaganda and was thrown into a prison camp. To say the least, life in the prison camp was brutal. Often, many of the prisoners were ordered to work outside in below-freezing weather during the winter. Others had specific duties inside. The stakes were high. If any of the tasks were not performed properly, in the view of the guards, prisoners were beaten severely, sometimes to the point of death. For a time, Father Arseny was imprisoned with a man named Alexei. Alexei was an atheist who mocked God and all those who followed God. His heart seemed God-forsaken. But when he met Father Arseny, he began to see life in a different light, even in that God-forsaken prison camp. But how did this change come? How could Alexei, the committed atheist, suddenly believe in God? One day, both Father Arseny and Alexei were sent outside to be punished for petty offenses. The lieutenant in charge ordered Father Arseny Alexei to stay in a metal shack for two whole days without food and drink. The temperature was 22 degrees below zero, 22 below, which of course felt worse in that freezing metal shack with no sunlight. While in the shack, Father Arseny recited prayers to God. While he prayed, his fellow prisoner, prisoner, Alexei, reported that the shack became warm. Father Arseny and Alexei survived for two whole days in the sub-zero temperatures. Before them, nobody had been able to live after being in that metal shack for two days during the winter. How they survived the cold weather without food and drink is still a mystery to some. However, Father Arseny's spiritual children believe it was the work of God, 
God was present in that supposedly God-forsaken place. In today's gospel lesson, we heard about Christ meeting the Samaritan woman. Christ traveled to Samaria, which was considered by Jews a place filled with people distanced, distanced from God, far from God. The Samaritans had a different Bible. It was missing parts, and some parts were different. They worshiped not in Jerusalem, but on the Holy Temple Mount. Not, not on the Holy Te- in Jerusalem on the Holy Temple Mount, but rather on Mount Gerizim. Judeans and Samaritans hated each other so much that under the leadership of the high priest of the Jerusalem temple, the Jews destroyed the Samaritan temple on Mount Gerizim more than 150 years before. The hatred was great between Jews and Samaritans, yet Christ still went to Samaria to do God's work and spoke to the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman asked Christ, from the gospel we read, Our fathers worshipped on the mountain, and you say that Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such the Father seeks to worship him. Let us stop and notice something about the passage. Notice that as the Samaritan realized, just as she realized that Jesus was a holy man, she asked him about the proper worship of God. Here the Samaritan woman was not asking if she could just pray only at home. Even she knew that was wrong. The Samaritan woman was concerned whether there was more than one place for communal and sacramental worship of God. Here, Jesus tells the Samaritan woman that God is present not just on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Jesus assures her that the formal worship of God is not limited to the Temple Mount. God's sanctity reaches even to supposedly the most God-forsaken reaches of the earth. In other words, the true worshipers of God, the church, will, worship, will gather to worship God throughout the world and worship in spirit and in truth, even in supposedly God-forsaken places outside of Jerusalem. If we realize that God can act everywhere and we can encounter God anywhere, we will seek God even in the so-called most God-forsaken circumstances as Father Arseni did. God is present here at St. Mary's. We send up our prayers together because we know that God is with us when we gather together in the name of the Lord. God is present here at St. Mary's where we worship together in spirit and in truth. Many of us, thank God, will never physically experience as miserable a place as that freezing cold shack in the prison camp where many prisoners shivered and starved. But all of us will experience sadness in our lives and loneliness or even despair. This is when we remember the words of our Lord to his disciples before his betrayal. Lo, I am with you always, even to the close of the age. 
God is with us. And wherever we are, we can turn to him in prayer. He is with us then. But in order to, for our worship to be in spirit and in truth, we must allow God to work in the temple of our own hearts. After all, that is how even in the prison camp, Father Arseni and Alexei had a remarkable religious experience. May the Lord God help us to realize that despite whatever external circumstances we have, that our hearts ought to reach for God at all times, no matter where we may be. Let us remember, no place or person on earth is God forsaken. God listens to us. God cares for us. God hears our prayers. Let us then worship in spirit and truth, whatever our external circumstances may be. Amen. Amen.